trying to work out a way of getting more tits and dragons into this podcast, welcome to Hand of Pod. that that's how you get people to pay attention these days. I've not seen uh, Game of Thrones myself, but I believe that the basic premise of it is tits and dragons, right? Anyway, welcome to Hand of Pod, episode 336. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello and welcome. They have just been paid their first lot of money, uh, first of all from our wonderful Patreon supporters uh, for their April contributions. And secondly, uh, from our fantastic sponsors, Fanatis, um, who, as we are recording, have had confirmation uh, today that they are showing this evening's Copa, uh, no, not Copa, Super, Super Copa Argentina between Boca Juniors and Rosario Central. That's, of course, confirmation coming, uh, this audio confirmation coming a bit too late for any of you to enjoy it. I'm just glad this is going out recorded, by the way, because if not, I could imagine... uh, a whole load of heavies waiting outside your door to, to relieve us of our, of our fairly gotten gains. So, yes, indeed. We luck. Indeed, that could have been. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yes, Fanatis have only had that confirmation today because, well, here in uh, South America, when you're dealing with the AFA and the Super League, I guess everything gets done at the last minute. Uh, but it is an illustration of what a fantastic service they have, that if you are already a subscriber, as I'm talking rather than as you're listening to this, you will be able to enjoy uh, that match in about an hour and ten minutes' time. Um, of course, you won't know listening to this because it will be tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Yeah, But they have it, yes. If you, from anywhere outside Latin America, um, if you want to get on board, if you're not yet a Fanatis su- uh, supporter, if you're not yet a Fanatis customer, then you can become one by going to fntz.co, C-O, slash H-O-P and you can get 20% off the first three months of your subscription if you use the discount code H-O-P-F-Z remember please go to fntz.co slash H-O-P so that they know that we are the ones who sent you and thank you as ever to them for supporting us Andres this of course we relate for the one who the ones who listen this episode for them to know that Superliga the, the Supercopa will uh, be available for them if they are already subscribed for uh, on Fanatis to Fanatis or if they want to, but this is good for the future to know for them to know that they uh, they will probably have these special matches or or, or super copas or whatever uh, because they are they are having all of it all of this also Copa la Superliga or Copa exactly, Superliga because yeah. we're also going to have another ridiculous made out cup fairly soon right between Racing the Superliga winners and then the winners of the Copa Superliga that's in the mix yes the Recopa yeah the Recopa the Recopa Superliga something like that it's unnatural this this is a thing anyway the point is that Fanatis are constantly adding new content and of course if you're in the United States you can also get the live Copa Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana coverage along with loads of other stuff Um, so get involved Uh, fntz.co slash HOP and the discount code in case you need it one more time is HOPFZ 
I will now take you through the results that we've had so far from the Copa Superliga. These results come in no particular order because the live score app that I've got on my phone doesn't give me the order the games were played in. So, here we go. Estudiantes 1, Racing 1, Tigre 1, Union 2, Tacheres 3, Atletico Tucumán 2, Aldo Civi 1, River Plate 1, Lanús 1, Vélez Sarsfield 2, Godoy Cruz 1, Boca Juniors 2. Um, San Lorenzo uh, for some reason it's got their, their legs the wrong way around on the San Lorenzo Argentinos fixture so I got very confused for a second there Argentinos Juniors 1 San Lorenzo 0 and Gimnasia 1 Defensa y Justicia 0 I think that we can say from the little that I can remember very clearly about the weekend now at this remove when recording on Thursday night um, that now that the the, the big boys, as it were, the top six from the Super League have come in. Uh, I'd say everybody's taking it seriously, at least. We were asked a couple of weeks ago how seriously are people going to take the Copa Super League, and the response was really, well, we're going to have to wait and see until we've seen them playing it. Um, Fairly seriously, yeah. I, I've not really seen that anybody has just treated it as, you know, a bit of a walk in the park, as it were. No, I guess I've been fairly fortunate um, with the fact that this week at least there haven't been uh, any Copa Libertadores games which means that um, the likes of River and Boca didn't really have an excuse to uh, to put out hugely weakened sides mm. since they were going to be inactive for a week anyway um, and both you know obviously if they're playing their their best players they're, they're going to be they're going to be competitive um, Racing too of course um, didn't have any continental commitments either and and had a pretty pretty interesting game against against Estudiantes. Uh, of course, the guys who took it mo- rather more seriously than, than others, perhaps too seriously, uh, were the fine gents of Lanús and Vélez, who managed to have a player sent off on both sides and also the coach sent off on both sides. Yeah, I think given the, the way they behaved, and given the way they behaved, I'm not sure fine gents is really the right um, well, you know, praise at all to give them. In inverted commas. The Venice Sarsfield and Rolando Garcia Guerreño for Lanús were the two men sent off in... Um, I mean, it was almost surprising that only two of them got sent off because there was quite a big stramash. There was a brawl, yeah. Um, on the pitch. But regarding the results, uh, Boca and Vélez are the, wa- the only ones that won in uh, away, uh, playing away, right? Because uh, And they were the better, the best, uh, of course, teams in the team positions because they, they, they are the ones that uh, Union Union got a, oh, a 2-1 okay. win as well all of the away wins were 2-1 funnily no enough, but I uh, mean that the, I, I think that it has to do also because they to the reason that they play their second legs at home and perhaps they weren't putting all their their pressure there and, and they will expect the case of River for example they they got a 1-1 draw against Aldo Civi and now they will of course play uh, the Monumental of course, it's not that they will expect a nil-nil uh, draw, but uh, uh, they have the advantage. And yeah. They play home, they, they had the possibility to play with those away goals. Uh, and I think that, that also uh, is uh, good to take into account, because it's sec- first and second leg. And the second leg is, is uh, being played by the team that is in their best position in the table home so I think that, that that is the reason why they didn't play perhaps as if, if it were uh, an only an only match but they have that, that second leg also yeah that's actually uh, River Aldo Civi is the first 
match of the weekend, slightly strangely, River playing at home on a Friday night, which um, isn't yes. particularly usual. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, a funny one because Aldo Sibi uh, versus River, Dan kind of made the point that um, it was very, very similar to watching Estudiantes versus Racing. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought it was also pretty similar to watching Godoy Cruz against Boca, with the main difference being that Boca managed to find a winner in that match, and neither neither, um, Racing nor River uh, managed to find winners in their game. Um, But they were all pretty close before. They were competitive games. Yeah, I think if you watch Superliga week in, week out, you know there's kind of not a great deal between the the teams. It's very rare you get that many kind of 4-0, 5-0... You know, fractions, right? Especially if you're going into a cup competition where everyone's a bit tense and there's everything to play for. And yeah, you got the feeling. Um, I mean, obviously, I remember Racing a bit better than River, but you did get the feeling both were fairly content with a draw and a away goal, which puts them uh, slightly in the ascendancy. Then um, they were, yeah, decent enough performances from from all concerned. Yeah, I wasn't especially surprised um, that Aldo Sibi managed to hold River. Aldo Sibi had a pretty good uh, home record, if I remember rightly, during the Superliga uh, season proper. Um, Tacheres versus Atletico Tucumán, however, was somewhat more surprising, given how good ta- uh, Atletico Tucumán were during the season um, and how good they really weren't for very large sections of that match in Cordoba. Well, they were reduced to nine men, right? Yeah, they, I think yeah. they have two sent off. Yeah, Ricardo Noir yes. and Bruno Bianchi. That doesn't help, to be fair. And they um, got this, their second goal. They scored their second goal when they were already with two less men. So it's impressive how they recover after that, uh, because of course now they they have even if it was strange in in another match it, it would be strange to watch the 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 scorer to celebrate a goal that doesn't give you the. the the, the equaliser, mm. but in the case of Toledo, I think he was. Yeah, Toledo. He celebrated it because it meant getting a three-two defeat when they again they they have their second leg home and they got that goal with two sent off already. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, and, it, and it was a, a big one as well. Dairo Moreno scored. I think it was his second of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, to put Tacheres 3-1 up in between Atletico's two red cards. Uh, Bruno Bianchi got sent off in the 70th minute, Moreno scored in the 77th, and then Noé got sent off in the 80th minute, and it, it, it looked like Atletico were you know dead and buried um, at that point. So it was understandable that Toledo would celebrate the away goal quite late on. But it was really, I mean, it was their... It was one of the only very few shots I can remember Atletico having on target. Um, they were way behind in terms of possession, in terms of territory, in terms of the chances that Tacheres were creating all around. Um, it was quite a surprise. I suppose Tacheres, we know that they're not bad at home, but it was just a bit surprising that Atletico were just not at the races at all for, for such big parts of that game, I thought. Indeed. Yes. Um, Elsewhere, the other results, Union versus Tigre, or rather Tigre versus Union, I have to say I didn't manage to catch. No, I mean, didn't see the goals. Tigre, of course, ended the season in fantastic form, and the only reason uh, that Union finished above them and get their four home advantage for the second leg of that tie, uh, there was one position between them. Tigre finished, was it eighth or ninth? It was ninth, wasn't it? Um, And... uh, 
Union finished eighth, or either that or Tigre finished eighth and Union finished seventh. Um, so it wasn't exactly a shock result, of course. Um, but I was surprised given the, the way that the form was sort of swinging towards the end of the league season and the fact that Tigre carried on through um, and managed that, I think, 3-2, was it? A second leg win against Colón in the first round, because, of course, they had to play in the first round, um, that they managed to, uh, to to look quite so comfortable in winning 2-1 away from home as they did apparently <laughs> we um, don't know we haven't seen any of the game no. but well no no I, don't, I, don't I saw various of them but that one I, was I one that I missed and then just caught highlights I think Tigre wasn't afterwards. that good uh, this, uh, no? this time and and they had Monticello's injured I think that he, he oh he is isn't he yeah uh, who is well one of uh, uh, along among with um, with uh, Morales the one one of the playmaker playmakers that weren't uh, with great performances and uh, he, I think he, I don't know the serious if it was serious or not, but he were with ice in his, I think, knee, and uh, yes, it was a, a big loss for for Tigre, who couldn't repeat similar performances to to what they were used to in the Superliga after, before, of course, uh, being relegated. Um, and Union, I think, they maintained, they kept that uh, uh, category of of serious team. That they are really a serious team to take into account, and and they, they took that into Victoria, and I think that was deserved victory. I think serious is quite a good word to describe Union. Actually, yes. they had was it this season or last season that they had a really good start to the league campaign? It was last season, wasn't it? They went unbeaten for the first eight games. Possibly, yeah. It's kind of um, just one of them teams you never really fancy playing against. No, you know, but as a result of that, of what was a decent season, so it was last season, wasn't it? Because of yeah. course they're in this year's Copa Sudamericana yeah. um, for the first time and, and they um, rather enjoyed themselves before getting knocked out by Independiente del Valle by um, losing the second leg by the same score that they've won the first leg by and then going out on penalties. Um, but it, it was, you know, they've got a fairly decent team for the sort of level that they're playing at. Yes. I mean, yes it's not spectacular, but it's also clearly as evidenced by the fact that they were in continental competition for the first time ever and they're going to be in continental competition again next season probably their best ever team yeah definitely right. very solid very functional especially at home they're extremely difficult to beat they've got a decent um, set of strikers they've got Franco Troshansky who was on the bench for this game they've got Nicolas Mazzola Franco Fragabani yeah. they've got some, some good forwards they've got the Piton I think they're brothers, right? Bruno, they must be surely Bruno yeah. And, and the other yeah they managed to I mean they lost uh, Franco Solano who's one of uh, you know so important mm. to him up front, and they seem to just roll with it. Like Soldano, who was sold. Soldano, sold. Sold. Yes. 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 Very yes. good, Andres. Very you good. should get a job with whoever writes the headlines of the sun. Yes. Um, that, that came out slightly more insulting than it was intended to be. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was deserved. Probably say. the biggest um, shock, if we can call it a shock, uh, of the weekend was Defensa y Justicia's defeat. Away to Gimnasia y Esgrima La Plata. Gimnasia, having finished, I can't remember exactly no, where, but they finished quite low. low down the league. Um, and they managed a 1 0 win thanks to a goal on the stroke of half time from Santiago Silva, mm-hmm. which might be the first goal that Santiago Silva scored in a long time, which isn't against one of his former clubs because he's got about 67 of them. Um, well done, Gimnasia. Yeah. Really? Was that the Monday night game? Yeah, because I had no I idea was, it actually you, happened. There was a reason that I missed it. Oh, it was Sunday. It was, it was the Sunday afternoon game. That was it. Ah, the Sunday 3.30 game. We had the luxury this weekend, by the way, to uh, review, not so much review the football, but review my experience of the football this weekend. 
as there were only eight, ge- ten games, eight games, eight games, mm-hmm. sixteen teams, um, it feels almost like we had the weekend off. I think that's another reason we were struggling before we started recording to remember what had happened. Dan, Possibly. Is, is that it's like when you're used to watching thirteen or fourteen games a weekend, and suddenly I don't, watch, only eight, I don't watch thirteen or fourteen games a weekend. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. <laughs> I must admit. There, there was so little to try and, and remember that uh, we just switched it off. But yeah, as a result of the fact that a combination of that and Sunday being um, one of probably the last really nice days that we'll get between now and the spring, mm-hmm. uh, I just went out for a nice long walk with oh. uh, with my girlfriend and nice. didn't bother watching the three thirty kickoff, which was Himasi versus Defensive with Dicia. Um, yes. And then when I looked at my phone when we got back in, I told her it would finish 5-4 and she felt really mortified until she found out I was lying. Um, but I caught the later games and they were quite good. Excellent. Which in that, in that case on Sunday were uh, the River and the Bocca games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Dan did mention continental competition earlier. He mentioned specifically that none of the really big boys, as it were, had any continental competition. Um, I have just... Made Dan in reporting that slightly more insulting towards Independiente than Dan actually was. He said that none of no, no I didn't include Independiente games. because they're out of the Copa Superliga. Out, they yeah, went out. Of course they are. Yes, they went out, so they don't matter they to anyone also, at all. They are also the only um, Argentine side to have had midweek continental action. However, which is what I was trying to drive at, uh, because they were away to Deportivo Binacional. Um, which is the name of a real football club, apparently, uh, in Peru. They won 2-1 on uh, Wednesday night, which means that they go through 6-2 on aggregate because they won the first leg of that 4-1. Argentinos Juniors were supposed to be playing. Um, In fact, they were supposed to have finished playing about an hour and a half ago away to Estudiantes de Mérida in Venezuela, Mm -hmm. but that match was supposed to take place in Venezuela. And if you've picked up a newspaper or... No, that's really archaic, isn't it? If you've picked up your mobile phone in the last few days and looked at any of the headlines, mm-hmm. then you might be aware um, that there is some stuff happening in Venezuela. Yes. For which reason, Argentinos, after they landed there, um, and after they had apparently quite a terrifying journey from the airport to their hotel through the middle of a mountain pass that was completely pitch black on all sides. Because Merida is a few kilometres from Caracas, right? It's about 60, 70 kilometres away. Something so like that, yeah. They flew into Caracas. Pretty much in the eye of the storm. Like a two-hour... Yeah. Um, two-hour coach journey through the pitch black to, to get to their hotel. Indeed. And then they heard that the match had been called off. Excellent. No, but they, it was rescheduled to next Wednesday, but they don't yeah. want to go there anymore. anymore. No, and I don't blame them. And, and as it was, they had to get back here in time for the second leg of their tie with San Lorenzo as well, so they couldn't just stay in Venezuela for a week, although I'm sure they would have loved to. Yes. Um, eventually, <laughs> they managed to get permission to uh, to fly back. So first of all, they had to get the, the charter flight moved, because obviously the slot to come back originally was going to be on Friday afternoon. Mm. Um, they had to get permission to get that brought forward, and then they had to get security guarantees from the local police to, who were going to escort them to the, to the airport to ensure they could actually get to the airport to get out of the country. Right. Um, I very much doubt that we have any listeners in Venezuela, but if we do have any hand pod listeners in Venezuela, then I'm sure that we would all agree that our thoughts are with you all, and um, we hope that the situation gets better. Uh, and fingers crossed, Merida versus Argentinos can take place at some point next Wednesday. Although you have to question, I think, at this point, whether it might be simpler for Conmebol to exclude the Venezuelan sides from the competition. Are there any, any other Venez- uh, teams from Venezuela? In the Sudamericana. Yeah, in the Libertadores. In the Libertadores, Lara, who were in... Um, whose group were they in? Huracan, was it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, Caracas were in 
Flamengo's group or something. I want and to say some more, well. I think, but they were eliminated. Can you imagine if Huracan, after getting into the Sudamericana, uh, thanks to, um, for 2020, thanks to Tigres relegation, they now get into this year's Sudamericana, the next stage, because Deportivo Lara get kicked out. Libertadores next stage, you mean? Oh, no, it would be... Sorry, I see what yes. you mean. Yes, because Lara have finished third, third that group and Nora had a fourth. Uh, <laughs> Mineros de Guayana in Venezuela as well uh, went out to Sol de America of Paraguay on penalties uh, on Wednesday night. So they wouldn't be a problem if we were to kick Venezuelan sides out of the competition. I don't say kick them out, by the way. It's not a punishment. They should be allowed back in once the country itself is is in a proper state and matches can actually take place. Mm. Slightly more awkwardly, however, for my Comebol master plan, uh, Sulia put Nacional Potosí and Bolivia out on penalties. Mm. Um, so they would need to be accommodated in some way. Monagas yes. went out to uh, Royal Paris of Bolivia. <laughs> there are some fantastic clubs Stop in there. making in this that noise. I think a lot of these clubs have been founded Really, really recently. Just well, for the sort of Americana, I think, this year. Yeah, specifically to make up numbers. Uh, they're like the little fake teams in Sensible Soccer or whatever. Independiente. Um, and then, yeah, in the Libertadores, I can't remember exactly. I think it was just the two that we've mentioned. Because it will be, of course, them. a problem uh, to to play those matches if the situation continues like this in, in Venezuela. And it's going to be an issue, yeah. 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 It is. Uh, let's see how many of these badges do we recognise as being Venezuela. We've got Caracas FC there. Caracas, um, Lara and Zamora. Three of them. Ah, well remembered Zamora, yes. So that's it. Delfino, yes. Ecuadorian, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Uh, fantastic badge. Anyway. Um, Zamora, I think, anyway, they are out because... Uh, uh, I think they lost all the games, right? They've lost, yes. what, 17 in a row or something? Oh, yeah, stupid I was like that. They, were three. they won their last match after losing 17 consecutive yeah. matches. So, it's yeah. quite a thing. Is that a record in the Libertadores? I think it is, yeah. Unless someone... No, because Bolivian teams usually make it up, at least on the home games they get. The Indeed, yeah. Um, Unless they don't lose them all. <laughs> no. We also have a new member of the Superliga for next year. We do. Confirmed. Yes, very much uh, hearty congratulations to Arsenal de Sarandi, who won the uh, title playoff that should have been played four days before it was actually <laughs> played, according to the regulations, but who cares about the regulations anyway? No. They got a 1 0 win away. Uh, away? What am I talking about? I think they were listed as the away side of the fixture, aren't they? Temporary Stadium, right? Banfields. Banfield yes. yeah, uh, They were listed uh, second, but it was in neutral stadium as it should have been, uh, against Sarmiento de Junín, which means that Arsenal go up to the Superliga for next season, as Dan says, and it means that the teams who are going into the, repecha- the Reducido, sorry, it's not called the Repechaje anymore, um, in other words, the playoffs, mm. the ties for that, which begin on Saturday um, and go on until well the second legs are all played next weekend basically so the the first two of these are played on Saturday one of them is played on Sunday and one of them is played on Monday and those are Independiente Rivadavia de Mendoza uh, versus Nueva Chicago Central Córdoba de Santiago de Mestero versus Platense Brown de Adrogué versus Sarmiento and Gimnasia y Esgrima de Mendoza versus Almagro so that's uh, Arsenal have gone straight back up, right? It feels like so long ago. Yes. Since last season. Uh, but yeah, um, they've only been away for one year. Is that right? Um, I'm just going to check that myself, actually, because having said yes when you said it, I've now started to doubt myself. I'm wondering whether they spent two years down there. I mean, it feels um, like a long time Arsenal ago. Arsenal, Descensos, 
1718 to the yeah. National LB. So, yeah, they only spent one Christ. season in the second division. How slow does Tom go in Argentine football? But then it also goes fast as well. Particularly slowly when there are only however many matches we've yeah. just had in a league season. 25 games in a, in a season. Dizzy. I think what makes it... Dizzyingly slow. Uh, especially slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, congratulations. No, by all accounts, it seems like Arsenal weathered the blow fairly well going down, you know, for the first time in the history, right? Well, going down from the, fir- from yes. the top flight for the first time in their Indeed. history, yeah. They, they got relegated in 1984 from yes. the Primera B to the Primera C. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, in, ourselves included, thought this would be the first step in a, in a precipitous fall down the divisions uh, without kind of Grandona, without that, yeah, without Grandona, basically, um, without the kind of protection they've allegedly had over the years. Um, but no. Uh, fair play I mean they still don't have many fans and still it's hard to see exactly how they sustain themselves especially in the Nacional B where you've got kind of really really big teams all around you Mm. Um, but yeah Uh, (laughs) credit where it's due I guess just looking at their squad list they managed to keep together a fair number of the players uh, that they took down with them from the well the Primera División as it was of course when when they uh, went oh no hang on no, last season was the Superliga as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the Superliga. Uh, they've still got Emiliano Papa. Um, they have still got... Uh, okay, most of the midfielders, actually, I don't recognise the names of, but Emiliano Mendes, I think, was there before. And up front, they've kept all of Lucas Cochete, Leandro Garate, who I think is only young anyway, but if I remember right, he was the one who scored the winning goal on... Um, yes, Garate was uh, on penalty. Uh, Juan Garcia, Sebastián Lomónaco... Facundo Ponce, um, they managed to keep you know keep, keep a, a fair number of the squad together, and I think that continuity always helps. It does, when yes. They does. clearly weren't good enough the season before. Mm. But. And that, that mentioned Grondona, and it wasn't of course Julio, but it was Julito, his son. He's the president of yes, Arsenal. He has been for for a while. Yeah. And although it was deserved, I think, for Arsenal to come back to to Superliga, um, he was a bit nervous and and anger, angry. And saying, well, insulting a lot of people. Uh, of course, we won't say that here, like, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. But he was really, really, uh, well, de- dedicating that uh, victory and the, the promotion to a lot of people who didn't want Arsenal to, to, to be promoted or that they thought that it was because Arsenal is with Grondona. Well, now Julio Grondona is not anymore, He's, it is his son. Julito or Julio Grandona Jr. Yeah. So we can um, say the Grandona family is basically being um, elegant in victory as always. Which, yes. As indeed. is their want. Uh, surprise, surprise. Yes. Um, in short, congratulations, Arsenal, through somewhat gritted teeth. Uh, it'll be great to have you back in the Superliga. Yes, we missed you. No, really, it'll be great. Um, and that's that. What's happened in the Primera Femenina, gents? I don't know. Don't Do we, we have anything else to mention in the first half, by the way? I think... I, I, no, I think we're about that. I, oh, I forget this website doesn't actually show... I can watch it on the, website. for example, Promedios, uh, which is uh, an app I use a lot, but uh, Boca defeat River in the Super Classico Femenino. Just today, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, didn't they play a couple of months ago as well? No, which? it was today, but it was 3-1. That's but wasn't the, the last game 3-1 as well? Yeah, I'm sure. The women played a couple of months ago, and everyone made the <laughs> it's three-one look. Yeah, three-one. The same jokes. Uh, they done yeah, it again. That was, a, that was in the first um, 
round of the uh, of this second bit of the season that was in like early February right. or something when when the yes. championship group kicked off. It it seems like much longer ago than it actually was. But it did happen. This it, is not me. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah, so that's Point yeah. River will defeat Boca three one, right. and in this case, Boca defeat River also three one. Right. Gotcha. I'm struggling to find the up-to-date results on my phone now because it just took me back to the third round of matches for some reason. Um, but I'll give you all of them as soon as it gives me a match that I recognise as having happened just now. Oh, no, OK, so why won't Boca play at River, actually? Because today, <laughs> on a Thursday... Who knows? Do we know? Beats me. Do, you, do we know why Boca and River were playing each other on a Thursday? Super Recopa, Mega Copa. Oh. Hmm. No, um, I, I think what I read is that Boca is River, and now they are fighting for the Campeonato. Which they... It must have been one of the games in hand, mustn't yes. it, I think. Right. Uh, so the most recent results, apart from that uh, win for Boca, um, are <coughs> Lanús nil, Boca 7. These are all from the weekend. San Lorenzo 7, University of Buenos Aires 1. River 3, Huracán nil. Racing 1, Y Urquiza 9. Uh, and in the relegation um, zone, or in the relegation group, Deportivo Moron Platense finished 7-0 to Platense. Excursionistas beat Atlanta 2-0. Estudiantes uh, de la Plata beat Villa San Carlos 2-1. And Independiente El Porvenir drew 1-1. Um, the main upshot, I think, of that uh, win for Boca against River a few hours ago means that, remember last week or the week before, I said that uh, Boca's draw against Wairokisa meant that River now were on top, even if Wairokisa were to win all their games in hand. Yes. Well, now, of course, that's no longer the case. Wairokisa only have one game in hand um, now, but if they win it, then they will go top of the table by two points. Uh, so at the moment, River are first with 29 points. Boca have caught them up a little bit. They're second on 28 points, both with 12 games played. Wajorquiza also have 28 points but have only played 11 mm-hmm. uh, and their game in hand is against the University of Buenos Aires um, There are only two more rounds to go uh, Yes there are aren't there yeah, of course there yes. are because it's uh, an 8 team group. Uh, in the relegation mm-hmm. uh, table I'm not sure how many teams, does it say there how many teams stay up Andres on your phone? Mm-hmm. No, they say only two two are relegated. But bottom two go down. So Atlanta and Deportivo Morón are currently those teams. And in fact, looking at that, Deportivo Morón are relegated, aren't they? If there are only two games to go, because they've got six points and El Porvenir have got thirteen. Atlanta could still stay up by the skin of their teeth, but it's going to take two wins for them and two defeats. And they play each. Atlanta Morón. Oh, they play one another. Brilliant. Okay. so that's the update on the ladies' league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's it for the first half, right? Yes. And then mm-hmm. second half stuff, like listeners' questions, of which we haven't had any so far, um, and other administrative things, uh, will be coming up after this piece of theme music. Don't go away. weekend that we're going to uh, pick for this week, or that we have just picked for this week during the break, 
uh, is the big on-pitch pylon between Lanus and Meles Sarsfield, which led to those two red, well, four red cards, two for players and two for the managers, um, because it shows the passion and directness and forthrightness with which we associate Argentine football. Just the passions that uh, the Copa Superliga has traditionally aroused, right? Yes, exactly. People. Yeah. It, it was the, the first of what we're sure will be many stramashes on the pitch. Uh, the image of the weekend is, of course, presented to you as ever by Fanatis, with whom you can get the best image of Argentine football, not the particularly ugly one that Belis and Lanus gave us at the weekend. And there's a fantastic postscript to that. I don't know if you saw the the after-match interviews Go by a one of the players involved who... It was a Vélez player, I think, possibly... Ah, Leandro Fernández. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he, was, he just came on and said, like, ah, yeah, I don't know what um, what Zubeldi's problem was. He just came over and started shouting at us. It was weird, like, maybe he just got it wrong. And the reporter says, ah, oh, really? So, like, so what did he say to you? Just, and Fernández, without batting an eyelid, ah, oh, he just came over and said to us, la conche tu madre. <laughs> Just in the middle of the transmission, the report was like, ah, brilliant, this is, yeah, this is not watershed or anything, so, so we're just going to roll with it. Yeah, that made him say, I think, uh, of course, angry because he said, don't insult the player. Of course, he didn't want him to be insulted also, but... I think it, all, he, it was all sparked by uh, an injured Vélez player, and Zuelier just kind of wanted him off the pitch really early, and yeah, it all just got a little bit... Bit silly from there. It got very silly indeed, um, and yeah, it, it also wasn't at all clear what had sparked it at first. But then I suppose it very rarely is with these things, isn't it? Nah. Uh, the image of the weekend is brought to you by, as I said, Fanatis. Don't forget that you can get twenty percent off your first three months with Fanatis by going to fntz.co/hop and using discount code HOPFZ. Even if you've already signed up or you don't plan on signing up or whatever, if you're outside Latin America, then it still helps us if you go to that link. Uh, so please feel free to. But obviously if you do sign up and if you use our discount code, then that helps us even more. Um, so thank you to everybody who's already done so and is enjoying uh, the wonderful coverage that they offer. And having said that, I think that both Heinze and Soldia should learn a lot from Bielsa. In terms about of how to pronounce opponents' names? Apart, in terms yeah, of fair play or what? <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think it was polemic and a lot of things were said about the Bielsa's way of uh, uh, acting and, and, and how he was like criticised because he spied uh, uh, another uh, rivals and, and that. And now he did something that couldn't say that, be said as, he, as him as a smoke seller or something like that because he... Uh, gave a goal to a rival or team a team who, who was uh, their rivals and that's something really not seen in actual football. But as he put it after the game, he didn't give them the goal; he gave it back to them. Yeah, back. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, that for me was one of the more tiresome things of the weekend. Not because I disagreed with what Bielsa did, but because of course every time Bielsa does bloody anything, you get just Twitter, Argentine Twitter football, Argentine football Twitter. Um, just fills up with people arguing about whether it was the right thing or not to do, about whether he's a loser because he does things like that, about whether he's great because he does things like that, about whether it's the right thing to do, about whether it's the wrong thing to do. There were people who were really exercised about the fact that it was completely 
immoral to do that. And I was like, hang on, I mean, you can agree or not whether, you know, you would do the same thing in that situation. Uh, but how on earth you get at the idea that he's a complete idiot and that it's morally indefensible to have done it, it's just utterly bizarre. And then Marcelo Gachardo said he would have done the same thing in that situation, which, as I saw Peter uh, mention on Twitter, I very much agreed uh, with, with what Peter said, which is I greatly admire Marcelo Gachardo as a coach, but that is complete bollocks. Yes. He would not have yes. done the same thing in that situation. Yes, of course. Um, I don't think anybody in, in Argentine, in the Argentine League, would have done um, any candidates though? If, if one manager if in Argentina was going manager to, had to do who might Ooh, that's a good currently in the Super League? Since we haven't got any actual questions, this is a very good question uh, to fill up some sp- <laughs> the space where questions would <laughs> usually go, I guess. Uh, currently active in yeah. in the top flight. Maybe Jorge Almiron, but nobody would notice because San Lorenzo are that bad anyway. Hey. Yes. Indeed. I How mean, would anyone tell? I had the feeling that San Lorenzo had been gifting... Goals all season. Indeed. It did seem that way. Hey, this has just turned into a very good accidental segue, because speaking of San Lorenzo, uh, remember a few weeks ago that we said that they had been fined six points um, for uh, irregular payments to players and for basically for lying in their their financial statements to the Mm -hmm. Superliga. Uh, They appealed, and that fine has been reduced to only three points, which is still enough to see them finish bottom of the table. Mm -hmm. The bizarre thing is that the first round of the Copa Superliga draw was done without applying the fine but apparently they are going to finish bottom of this season's table they don't start next season with minus three points right so uh, now I'm completely confused um, and I, but I, it's really confusing because if it's wrong what Sarnoso did is wrong and uh, it is proved that they uh, made things about the well the pay, payment of the salary and the, of the wages and that and they weren't uh, Clear or they weren't transparent. Mm. Why did we reduce the the, the fine? Or well, it's been part of it has been replaced with what's Noble Amarisha, who are um, a, a website who I've got to like quite a lot. Actually, they've got some really good journalists. They've been putting uh, stuff uh, out. Yeah, yeah, it's relatively new, but it, it's full of journalists who, who work in places like La Nación and used to work in El Gráfico, I think, mm-hmm. as well, and whatnot. Um, and they're generally very, you know, pretty well informed. Um, and the uh, Fernando Cis, who actually works for La Nacion as well, um, only describes it in the article I've just read during the break as a, a, a big economic fine. Yeah. But he doesn't actually say how much it is. So I don't know whether they haven't set the amount yet or not. Um, but yeah, that's how they're doing it. I mean, Before they were going to have six points taken off, San Lorenzo mm-hmm. appealed, now they're going to have three points yes, plus a load of money. Or, or you quit the, the fine or you skip it. I, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, I, I can see it. I think it's I fair, guess, yeah. But it depends, I mean, if they were just um, a little bit stupid rather than uh, overly mal- malicious in, in putting out these fake accounts, then uh, perhaps it's okay. Yeah, it does, of course, help them in one way, uh, which is that their points average for next season against relegation isn't is quite as badly affected. Uh, although they are still going to be, I think I'm right in saying very much in difficulty uh, if they have another season like this one then yeah although they got 50 points last season so they might manage to make that count they're losing a 53 point season so they're they're going to need an improvement if if they struggle as Dan says if they struggle next season as much as they did this season to win points then they're going to be in there regardless of the fact they've got that 50 point season on the table yes and there Um, are more more teams involved with this uh, uh, problem of the 
Well, with yeah. a can with the other one. Can with the others who, who, we know, who we know about. Um, and I think I read something from the Super League a few days ago saying that they were expecting to finish auditing everybody's accounts for the season uh, this week. I think tomorrow, right. possibly, or possibly yesterday. I can't remember which day of the week they said. So this is when we find out half the league are in trouble. Indeed, yes. Uh, that wouldn't be at all surprising if it did come to pass, although nothing of the sort has been reported just yet, we hasten to add. Um, as would our lawyers if we had any lawyers um, any others? Okay, Dinos as we said being made to um, return to Venezuela next week and aren't too happy about that mm-hmm. so it's time to move on to Lister's questions I know what you have Isn't it? we have to say also that the if we have any Atlantis will uh, have their new oh we do don't we yes so it's time to move on to Lister's questions of which as Dan has just said we don't actually have any uh, so thanks for that uh the the tweet that I sent, I, I haven't. I'm not ignoring you, Andres. Sorry, I'm just uh, I'm trying to get round to it in a roundabout sort of way. Uh, the tweet that I sent earlier, asking four questions as normal, is showing when I click on it, it says that there's one reply to it, but I can't see the reply on Twitter. So if you were the person who sent us a, a tweet, I mean maybe somebody replied and then deleted it. Um, yeah, that would, make that sense. would be the most obvious explanation. But if you are the person who sent us a tweet, I don't have anybody blocked from the Hand of Pod account, so I'm not really sure why it isn't showing up. Um, but anyway, what we did have a question about last week or the week before, of course, was from my mate Lee Bartlett, who asked, When is the Studiantis oh, yes. uh, new stadium being opened up? Um, we said at the time, Watch this space. Lee asks this question about every six months or so because uh, he tends to come down to Argentina about once a year and um, have a weekend of, well, a week or so of just going around watching football games. Um, and he's been waiting to go to a studio on Disney ground for about as long as I've been meeting up with him when he comes down here. Um, they claim that it's going to be November, don't no, they? The night of November. The night? Oh, they've got an exact date. Yes. Ah, oh, brilliant. The of November and Verón, of course, the president Juan Sebastián Verón. The president of Estudiantes made the announcement via Twitter with not not that exact excitement. It was said that he looked like he was announcing something something else because uh, it was quite serious, not very not very uh, like uh, uh, enthusiastic about the news. Yeah, he, he was like, "Hello, everybody. I'm very sorry to inform you that we're going to be." Okay I don't know what you will do. Yeah. It's obviously a very yeah. sad day for the club. But yeah. I mean, considering it was meant to be done what two years ago, it's hardly At least. you can hardly get too excited about yeah. giving them another. He didn't show the what is going to be the stadium. Also, it was like him, his face on Twitter saying yeah. that, and that, that was yeah. all. Yes, but exactly. The thing is that they will have their their stadium. So maybe congratulations. Congratulations, uh, Estudiantes fans. Well, actually, we're probably being rather premature, given yeah, the number yeah. of times this has been yes. put off. Um, and, okay. Lee, if you're listening, uh, then you can start booking your next trip now for November. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, then actually have it <laughs> open. But don't hold your breath and don't ask for any refunds uh, on my behalf if no. they don't turn out to do so. Anything else to add? This is 12 minutes and we're already out of stuff to talk about. This has been the shortest episode ever. It hasn't. But it's not very far off. Um, yeah, let's do some predictions. Predictions for? For the Copa Superliga. Oh, you mean the kind Mystic Sam's predictions? Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, after this next piece of theme music, we'll go through... And we'll, actually, I'll get them up on my computer so they're in, in the right order. Um, and I will tell you exactly what's going to happen in the second legs. And who's going to go through, I assume. And, more to the point, who is going to go through in each of those ties. Don't go away.
Okay, uh, as I did um, two weeks ago, ahead of the second legs of the first round, rather than telling you who's going to win, I'm going to give the rather more interesting answer, as Dan says, of who's going to go through. Can you remember how well you did last two weeks ago? No, I'm not really paying very much attention to that. <laughs> no, nobody seems to be paying attention to it either. Nobody seems curious about it. So um, no, right. we're just filling up some airtime. Yeah. This is a real tournament, guys. Like As much yeah. as it doesn't seem like it, it is a real tournament. So get excited. We all are. On Friday evening, for some reason, River. Oh, I assume they have a big Libertadores away game or something. Probably next probably. week. Right, to be playing on Friday night. Okay. Uh, no, they, uh, yes, they play. Not big. It is because they grow. The, <coughs> the ones who will qualify and the positions have already been set. Like yeah. Inter as first and River second, and they play on Tuesday. Ah, uh, they play so, Porto Alegre. Okay. Yes. Uh, so River host Albacete on Friday evening. I think that River will go through in that tie. You might remember that the first leg finished one-one. Atletico Tucumán uh, lost 3-2 away to Tacheres. They celebrated, as we mentioned, that away goal right at the death with only nine men on the pitch like absolute madmen. And I think that they're going to squeak through. I think that their recent continental... Um, I was going to say trials, but their recent continental campaigns I think are going to have given them the mouse that they need to make those two away goals count. Um, I think they'll get through. Union versus Tigre. I'm going to go for Union to get through that one. Um, a 2-1 lead from the first leg and a very well-organised side. Uh, you know, anybody who's been listening this season, or well, really anybody who's been listening down the bottom for the last eight and a half years will be aware that Tigre are a club I really rather like. Um, but I think that Union are going to go through. Racing and Estudiantes drew 1-1 in the first leg. I think that Racing will be the victors in the second and therefore go through. I think that Argentinos Juniors will make their 1-0 aggregate uh, lead count in the second leg there and get through against away to San Lorenzo on Sunday. Um, also on Sunday, Defensa Justicia host Gimnasia. In a way, I think that now looks like the most interesting match of the weekend, given that, as I said before, Gimnasia winning the first leg was the closest thing that we maybe had to a shock um, at the weekend. Um, and having not conceded goals, that means that uh, Defensa y Justicia must win at least 1-0 to force penalties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and if Defensa y Justicia win 2-1 or 3-2 or anything like that, then Gimnasia will go through on away goals. Um, I'm going to go for Defensa y Justicia to, to do it. But it's, it's tricky because yes. they don't score as many as they should. Um, and it's very hard, obviously, to say on the evidence of one game whether they've completely stopped caring now that the league season's over or whether they're going to give this a decent go as well. Boca Juniors versus Godoy Cruz. Boca lead 2-1 from the first leg there and I think they'll get the job done without many problems in the Bombonera. And Vélez against Lanús, which we're going to have to start referring to as a grudge match, I think, after the way the first one went mm-hmm. on Monday night. Um, mm-hmm. Vélez, surely, right? Yeah, no, I'm going to go for Vélez to get through uh, because they're a better team. Sorry, Lanús fans, but it's true. Uh, Boca Juniors versus Rosario Central is kicking off in oh it's still 20 minutes away but they're showing the starting 11s already that's just that's crazy um, you can keep listening after this the end of show theme music and I'll of course give you the full time score of that one uh, later on if you give a toss about who lifts the Supercopa people in Argentina do this is the thing if, you know, in, in the English speaking world it seems absolutely crazy to care about it but apparently people do uh, and it, it turned into 
quite a turning point for River last year, in fairness, as well, didn't mm. it? Because uh, they and, were and awful before case, and brilliant after it. Uh, all of the media is stating that it's the fourth time Boca plays the Supercopa and it's the first, if they win it, it will be the first. Uh, mm. Because they have lost it in, in 2012 against Arsenal, with Alfaro being the coach of Arsenal. In 2016 against Rosario, uh, sorry, against San Lorenzo, um, and in 2018, of course, against River. So, yes, uh, maybe it'll be fourth time lucky for Boca. Although Central yeah. have got much less pressure on them. But they also play much, much worse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have the significant disadvantage, as Dan says, of not being, being a very good football team, uh, nowhere near as good at football, uh, which some people think might count for something. Yeah. Um, that's that then. We're going to have to try and think up something to talk about on Hand of Pod Extra now. Oh, great. But uh, first of all, before we do, I will thank you very much for, to, for listening again. I will suggest that you go over to patreon.com slash handofpod and become a Patreon supporter of the podcast if you're not doing already. Or head over to Fanatis and start using their wonderful service and take advantage of our discount code. Once again, that address is fntz.co slash hop. And, and the also- discount code is H-O-P-F-Z, and Dan wants to say something as well. Also, I would suggest that be you Patreon patrons or not, send us through your ideas for for extra episodes, because we always forget, and we then have to think of a theme uh, right at the end of recording. Yes. Two for next in. Particularly, particularly, of course, if you are a Patreon uh, supporter. Tell us what you want to hear. hear Uh, Please tell us what you want to hear. Anything historical. If we have two, three days' notice, we can actually do some research. And I do say, I'm not saying going to say really good, but perhaps interesting. Unless you're one of those weirdos who actually likes the fact that we don't do research, in which case, let us know and we'll just talk off. We'll just talk about what It's the opportunity for you to decide uh, what the show is. What you could hear about football. Exactly. Literally. We're not fussy. We will take on anything. Anyway, on that note, we're going to uh, thank you very much for listening to us uh, for a shorter time than almost ever before. In You're large welcome, part, Bert. I have to say, actually, because we didn't have any questions this week. Yes. Um, so thank you for listening. And goodbye from Andres. Take care. Goodbye. English down. Goodbye and thank you. And, good, and, and me, goodbye. And, and goodbye, me. The Supercopa Argentina has just finished. Um, Boca, the first half, sorry, was, was surprisingly even. Central digging in and, and playing much better, actually, than we were expecting them to. Uh, Boca dominated the second half and uh, actually had a ball come down off the crossbar and, and hit either just the line or maybe just behind the line, but it didn't count anyway. Um, they hit the woodwork three times in the last few minutes but had to settle for a nil-nil draw. And they have just now gone on to win the shootout 6-5. So Boca Juniors claim the Supercopa Argentina, uh, the I think it's the fourth attempt. Well done then.